Good morning, evening, or night, everyone. Welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with Hutch, as usual. Greetings. Greetings. And today we have a very special guest who you've never heard on this podcast, though he is a podcast pro. Podcast legend. <laughs> podcast legend, that's right. And he he's also a, a legend here on a session at First Church. And that's that, true. That is uh, Mark Brown. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Happy Good Friday. Happy Good Friday. You know, it's always that, weird to say, I think, Happy Good Friday. It yeah. is. It's, like, it's a, Yeah, I feel bad even saying it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's joy in maybe looking back on how this is part of our redemption, but it's, right. yeah. It's awkward. It's awkward. It's awkward. Awkward is the right word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Listener, uh, I'm just glad to have you back. Um, thanks for walking through this um, Holy Week with us. So if you are new to the podcast or if you jumped in kind of in the middle of the week, I encourage you to go back to the episode that we released on, on Sunday, on Palm Sunday. And that kind of starts this series. It's a whole series on Holy Week that is more pointed towards um, like a devotional and a spiritual practice as we walk through Holy Week. If you've missed uh, doing those through Holy Week, that's okay. Uh, I still think it's worthwhile to go back and do these as as a, a spiritual practice to walk to the cross. And that's where we find ourselves today is, is at the cross. So... Today's from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 17 through 30. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own house. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, and to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so that they put a sponge full of the sour wine in a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head 
and gave up his spirit. As you witness the scene of the crucifixion, what emotions are at play within you? Consider that Jesus is a king who rules in humility from the cross. How does this differ from how you typically think about kings and power and rule? Consider that the last taste in Jesus' mouth was vinegar. The Roman soldiers cast lots for parts of Jesus' clothing. Are you okay with pieces of Jesus? Or do you want all of Jesus? As you hear Jesus speak from the cross the words, I thirst, consider that Jesus also said of himself, I am the water of life and the one that comes to me will never thirst. What do you thirst for? What does it mean for Jesus to thirst? Jesus proclaims that it is finished. What is finished? 
And what do you hold on to that you think is unfinished? Attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well.
shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall be sound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. again for being here thanks for reading the scripture for us always a pleasure reading scripture so, meaning I've yeah, never, yeah i've never been here so I, I can't say this is always a pleasure but i have a feeling it's going to be so well i'm glad you're here and i i kind of just want to pick your brain a little bit mark just because i always get to talk to dan so um but reading that what what's kind of the first thing that that jumps to your mind or maybe not even to your mind, but what, what sticks out to you when, when you read the passage uh, of Jesus actually being lifted up on the cross and what transpires while he's up there? Well, it begins with uh, this, the description of, of the scene of, of Golgotha as the place of a skull. And that has always set that scene up for me uh, in ways that are uh, really both uh, hor- horrifying, but also a little bit cryptic, a little bit, um, uh, I mean, in some ways what comes to my mind is a, is a sort of, you know, heavy metal album cover type of experience. And, and I, and I, and so it's a, it's an incongruous uh, image to begin what is, is, you know, is going to be a story of, of redemption, although we're not there yet. I mean, we mm-hmm. have to. He, we, we're going down into the well to get there, and so it's a fitting. It's a fitting image, but it it pops up and 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 jars me every time I read it. The mm-hmm. the place of a skull. Yeah, I do kind of like that uh, heavy metal album cover <laughs> image, and I know what you're talking about too. Because I, I've ne- I, I've never been. Dan, have you been there? Yeah. What is it? I mean, does it does well, it fit? Like, could you see like a skull? So not not like actually a skull, but does not it to get, represent it? Yeah, but, not to get too much into uh, the sites of of Israel, but the the traditional site of the crucifixion and the resurrection is uh, under the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, Sepulchre, Latin for for tomb. So it's not something that you can see you can you when you go into the church uh, you actually go go up some stairs to your right and then you can like reach down and touch the top of uh what again tradition would say is golgotha and then the the tomb um what they believe the tomb is has now become its own sort of um chapel 
within the the large under one of the large domes of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. So it looks nothing like wow, yeah, um, like what you might imagine. It, it's it's a fascinating place to go. Yeah. Um, there's also a place showing that, my naivety. Yeah. Here. <laughs> um, it is something. If if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, I'd highly recommend it. But don't expect to see one to one. You know, it's it's a modern it's a modern country. I mean, yeah. to see the Sea of Galilee and to see speedboats and people water skiing on the Sea of Galilee, <laughs> it was just this like, okay, disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's another place that is called the Garden Tomb, and it is um, there's a um, there's a vineyard, or there there used to be a vineyard because there's a ancient wine press there, um, which meaning a place where people could like stomp the grapes and the, right. the mm-hmm. juice could run off. And and near um, near there, what you can see is a cliff face, and there's a like a Honda dealership or something like <laughs> on top of it, and in front of it is a bus station. So again, this is like, but the cliff face they have some pictures from the 1800s. Uh, looks like there's some like depressions in the cliff face that make it look like okay. yeah. a skull or a face, and so uh, it w- this would be sort of this would not have the history of location that the church of the holy sepulcher does but there are some who believe that this might have actually been the location and the place of the skull right and it's mm. wouldn't necessarily be like he was taken to the top of the hill but he was taken to the cliff face um the the argument would go that it's it's actually it's outside the city walls but along what would be the main thoroughfare and we do know that people were crucified often along the major highways because Rome wanted all their enemies to know this is what we do if you cross sure. us. So anyways, that's maybe getting a little bit more into kind of A site, B site, C site when the Holy land, but uh, yeah. it, it is, it's interesting to think about, but there's um, maybe not quite, you can't quite see. Yeah. I don't know what's what more disturbing. The idea, the idea of the Honda dealership there, you know, <laughs> or the fact that I, in my, in my mind, am picturing this, this place that clearly has stopped existing for many, many centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's fascinating. But Mark, but I, I think like, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I'm, I'm not even sure exactly where I'm going. But I, I think the just the, the the disconnect in in some ways of what you're talking about between like maybe what we picture and uh, just I mean the, the whole event of the crucifixion is this sort of event and, and moment that just feels like like it how, how does it fit that the son of god is crucified how does it fit mm-hmm. that god becomes incarnate and dies how does it fit that jesus who's going to redeem everyone hangs on a cross like i feel like there's a lot of incongruity in the event of the cross and and maybe even sort of what we Im- Im- imagine versus like what the reality on the ground looks like today i don't know in, in my mind sort of there's some parallels there Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I would tend to agree with you, Mark, too, of just kind of the, the the feeling that that comes along with with the scene, um, of the cross, and we were kind of talking a little bit earlier uh, about that that it's all it's it's always kind of a sobering uh, yeah. scene, yeah. Um, but it's it's one you know we live in a in in a world that. And, and as believers, recognizes the resurrected Christ, right? So we know that Easter is coming. Um, but what that had to to be like on the on the first 
you know, Good Friday, hmm. um, watching this this person, your your rabbi, your teacher, the person that you believed was the Messiah to be to be killed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I wonder if like they were standing at the foot of the cross, waiting in anticipation for for something to happen, something miraculous to happen. I'm sure that they had witnessed so many signs and miracles that Jesus had performed. Well, and the whole while, like the most miraculous thing of all is being, is taking place, right? Right. Mm. But I wonder if, if the disciples who were present or, you know, his mom who, who's standing there are just waiting for something that's like the transfiguration or like lightning bolts to strike down or, you know, I would kind of be, come on, Jesus, bring the thunder. Let's go. Um, yeah, and it's a small handful of people, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 it is ironic. I didn't really thought about that, Jackson. It's ironic that um, they'd been begging all along for some sort of big reveal, and here it was, and there wasn't really anybody there to see it. Yeah, I mean Romans and whatnot. But. Yeah, yeah. You get John and the women. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's kind of kind of it. Yeah. I can't remember how that scene is depicted in. Uh, I watched Mel Gibson's reenactment mm. of all this, of yeah, yeah, way back when. Uh, and you know, his having having seen all the made-for-TV movies of this event, uh, which tend toward um, you know very uh, very emotional and very sweeping, but also mm. pretty pretty restrained. Yeah. And then comes Mel Gibson's thing, is which is completely unrestrained and. Yeah out of control and you know and and I remember the debate that came along at the time about how much of this do we really need to see and and well of course you want to depict it the way it was and we we tend to fluff over it in reading because it's just not the details aren't there you have to supply them yourself and um but I don't remember how he treated the actual um Golgotha scene I remember Mm. the bloodiness of the trip there, but mm. I don't remember. Anybody remember what happened on Golgotha and Mel, in Mel Gibson's? I have, a, I have a confession. I have actually never seen the Passion <laughs> of the Christ. Really? But yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, man, I actually think I went to go see Passion of the Christ when it was in theaters i went with dr miller and his son david hmm. to oh, wow. go to go see it um wow. and i never watched it again because uh, i was terrified and horribly <laughs> uncomfortable yeah it's, um, it's it no sticks with you yeah. but to, to say a specific of a scene clip yeah. um it would i i would just be making something up but there's a really great uh film by a guy named um uh, Pier Paolo Pasolini, uh, Gospel According to St. Matthew, that mm. treats this subject. And it's it's fascinating because mm. it's completely restrained in certain respects. Like it doesn't have any of the theatrical over-the-top yeah. uh, things that would be in Mel Gibson's, you know, a, a approach. But but it's, um, it's real harrowing at the same time. Mm. It's a black and white. The scenes, the scene of... Uh, of uh Judas coming to his end is is just about as bleak as it gets. Yeah. Which it should be bleak, yeah. right? That's a yeah. scene that I think we yeah. we kind of gloss past until we yeah. get to is it Ro- is it Romans when 
Peter Acts. talks about it? Acts, yeah. That's what. That's when it, it's like it the little kind of, interlude. Yeah, and and it, disciples are praying and yeah, praying yeah. for new disciples. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, and Jesus, Judas did this. And right, and it comes back to it comes yeah. back full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pasolini, I think, was trying to get at that. Mm. It's always fascinating to me in, in reading the scriptures what's what's in and what's not in. You know, what is what? Yeah, what's talked about in depth and what's not, and um, it doesn't shy away from obviously the the reality of crucifixion and everyone reading this early on would have had plenty of visual images to associate with that. Um, but it also, you know, it doesn't go into sort of the, the gory detail that we know to be true now of crucifixion. And it's just, just sort of interesting to think, you know, what is, um, think always like what's what's the what's the the text inviting us to consider and Mm -hmm. how is it inviting us to do that and and i think jesus obviously the words of jesus from the cross i think we didn't ask a question about this but jesus care for and considering his his mom is, is, is a really tender moment from the cross yeah um you know he's oldest kid breadwinner He's been itinerant that's, for three years, but yeah, you know, I was I gonna mean, say that's a <laughs> don't want to hang your hat on that breadwinner <laughs> right there. I mean, you do. Yeah, it's Jesus, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, I do have to think. I mean, you know, we don't know. We assume Joseph is dead at some point, yeah. And you know, I was this is taking us way off of Good Friday, but I always wonder. You know, we always like why did Jesus begin his ministry when he did, and just just curiosity, wonder is is part of that doing the trade when his dad died and caring for his mom. I mean, you know, Jesus, that full humanity, but anyways, just, just he, whatever the case of prior to ministry and crucifixion, I mean, you know, she's, she really is left, you know, destitute in a sense now, yeah. aside from just the pain of seeing her son crucified. Um, sort of tender. Yeah. Do it. it, and it I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to throw uh I'm gonna throw my wife under the bus here a little bit, and and it's for a good cause. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Kelly, if you're listening, yeah. In in um and in this, she's not alone in this. In fact, I'm sure I've done it too. But in in moments of true, um, unpredictable crisis, um, I have seen her, uh, kind of call out for her mom, not and mm. her mom's not even present, mm. um. Because it's the general natural reaction huh. to when you're confronted with a, a, a kind of, you know, up against the wall sort of situation, that that's where you would go. You know, she she went mm. back to this person who had always been there, and offered succor and yeah. and 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 aid and assistance. And and here we have just the opposite, hmm. right? Yeah, he's not he's not calling out for. His mom, you know, mom, he's not doing that. And he's doing just the opposite, yeah. which is remarkable. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> she's tough. Yeah, she you is. Know, you know, she, I, I don't see that, you know. <laughs> the, the one thing you also have going for you, Mark, is that neither of our wives listen to this. So the likelihood that of your wife listening to this is, is from our calculation, 0%. Yeah. So... <laughs> Low probability of wives yeah. of contributors. <laughs> <laughs> to know this podcast. Over three. 
That's uh, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually asked my wife why she doesn't listen. She goes, I get to hear you talk all the time. I don't need to hear you talk more. <laughs> She's like, I'm actually glad you have the podcast. So you can get off some of your talking. Yeah, talk to somebody else me. for once. Uh, no, um, I I always find it fascinating too. We talked, you kind of touched on that it was like a small crowd around. And I, uh, the last couple of times that I've read through any of the gospels and I've come to the crucifixion scene, I've been really drawn to the Roman soldiers and just kind of what was that like for them? Cause uh, mm-hmm. in a, in a lot of ways, this is, this is just another day. It's another job. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm following orders and doing what needs to be done. I'm sure this wasn't the first crucifixion, you know, unless it's like a new recruit that's there, which we don't know that any of those details or anything like that, but just kind of, it always, it always brings, up to me that like we can come in to to context contact with with jesus and totally miss it you know um and i I, but i wonder if they all just totally missed it or not or if this was something that um you know resonated with them or thought oh maybe this guy's different somehow or on the back end you know, if any of them, um, ever ended up, ended up, uh, you know, being in, in a position to, to come to believe as Jesus is Lord, that, that guy that I was there, or I heard about that, that died on, on the cross that we crucified. And I know when we crucify people, they stay dead. And, uh, this guy didn't, um, I don't know. That just kind of the 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 presence yeah. of the Ro- the common Roman soldier just always mm-hmm. kind of and I I feel like there's more there that I'm able to unpack mm-hmm. now, um, but I'm not really sure what that is. Yeah. That that just always kind of sits. It sits with me. It sits yeah. weird with me. I guess I don't know. Well, I think it's in Luke's gospel where you know one of the one of the words recorded is "Father, forgive them," and. That that's always just a striking. I mean, there's lots of people worth forgiving, or that need forgiveness. Maybe, maybe not worth forgiving, from our perspective. <laughs> but at least they need forgiveness that are at the cross, whether it's the soldiers or the Jewish leaders. And yeah, I mean, you think about. We believe Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, and we believe that the power of Christ's intercession is just that is powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So what? I mean, he's interceding for the for the soldiers, so you do wonder about the impact of Christ's intercession for them in their lives. I mean, it's kind of an amazing mm-hmm. that they that they're present and um, behold this singular event, um, and what what grace might be might come to them because of that even in the midst of their own complicity in this. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a, you know, fascinating thing to think about. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm just sitting here thinking about that whole idea of complicity and how this, this scene is not unlike, um, some of the images that I've seen of, um, of lynchings mm-hmm. in that, you know, there's this, there's the, the idea of justice that's being turned on its head. 
it's you know the crime is not in the is not what's being adjudicated it's the crime is in a, is in process hmm. in some ways and uh and and everybody there is walking around with that knowledge hmm. and yet it doesn't seem to want i mean you'd think that you would run and hide from such a thing hmm. uh, but they tend to these things draw crowds hmm. it's weird yeah i never really thought about um that before kind of that um parallel but now that you kind of draw attention to it it is uh, very similar mm-hmm. uh to uh, some of the images that i've I, i've also seen yeah on something like that and yeah. um yeah that 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 uh i didn't think that could make the uh crucifixion scene any worse but i think it just did (laughs) (laughs) thanks mark no i'll be here all week (laughs) but i'm curious oh no go ahead dan no 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 you're gonna take us to a better place than i will well i don't don't know (laughs) i guess i i just it makes me think about christ identifying with the those that suffer and as we gaze at the crucifixion, as we gaze at Christ, as we've been invited to do, there's there's the event and the restoration and the payment of sin and the all of that that's going on. And at the same time, there is Christ in identifying with, standing in solidarity with the person who's being strung up. I mean, like, and that's powerful too like where where is christ in the crowd he's he's hanging with that person right i mean yeah, yeah. in every scenario christ says i'm i'm with the person who's being um ab- abused or downtrodden or yeah. taken advantage of or whatever it is and, and there's that there's that universal across time and space mm-hmm. um reality of christ with the um with the person in need that that we see in the cross as well well, just sort of mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, what you know, when you think about when you think about um, this kinds of scenes we're talking about, one of the things that strikes you, right, is this frustration that this is happening, that the person being mm-hmm. being uh, crucified and or lynched or whatever else it might be, that this this is an undeserved response, and that this per- the frustration at having to be mm-hmm. the victim of of this kind of scene, and so. But that's what that's what the crucifixion is. Mm. There's a we're all sitting back just lamenting that that this has to happen. But that's the whole point of it. Mm. And 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 the parallel stops pretty quickly. But I think it's I think the frustration that you that you would as as a person who who wants to wants to see justice done. Mm. You look at both of these situations and and. I've always just felt so keenly frustrated at, mm. and, 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 and think that the person being dealt with has to feel that too. Like, this mm. is not, it's bad enough I'm suffering, but I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. That kind of thing. That, is, that, that double whammy has mm. always been really compelling to me mm. and painful. But, yeah. you know, I mean, And then Christ chooses it. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's the yeah, div. That's yeah, where it, yeah, that's where yeah, it ends, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where the the parallel ends. But yeah. but to to kind of pull us back into some place that might be a little more redemptive, um, the the and I don't even know if it's in in John's gospel that we just read from, but but the two the two hanging on either side, um, mm-hmm. the one the one who uh, who gets to feel really good about 
what could have been just really awful. And then the other one who gets to feel even worse than he probably already felt. Mm. The way that both of those things split apart right there is yeah. really amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you just, thankfully, I've always sort of, um, I don't, I don't, I, I, I kind of put the poor guy off to the side and go, oh God, poor guy. But the other guy, I think, man, what a windfall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Know. So kind of uh, shifting gears a little bit here, um, just kind of want to get your guys' take and perspective on on what are Jesus's final words in in John's gospel, the, the it is finished. So um, thoughts on that. What, when, when you think about that, what is finished? Because we know that the scripture's not finished, mm-hmm. and we know that like, church really hasn't even started yet right so it's not like all done but um what, what what's kind of the the not the takeaway there but what what is actually being accomplished and yeah. finished and what does it mean to continue even when jesus declares that it is finished yeah. well there's probably lots of places you could go my just initial responses the work that the work of redemption that Christ came to, to do and to be, I mean, in some sense to be the work of redemption is, is, is finished. And I think whereas children of the, of the reformation, I would want to add that everything necessary for our relationship with the father, everything necessary to deal with sin, everything necessary for, um, you know, our adoption, everything necessary for entrance into the new kingdom. I mean, all, all of that is, is finished, accomplished on offer. We don't, um, you know, contribute in the sense of needing to do more. You know, there's not more, uh, there's, there's no more work of salvation that needs to be done. There's, there's no more, works to mm, add yeah. to what Christ has done. Yeah. The the yeah. cross is sufficient. Yeah. And it's sufficient. Go back to what Mark. I mean it's it's sufficient for that thief on the cross in that last moment. Mm. You know, there's no good work that he does to add up to that salvation. It's finished. Yeah. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who doesn't get to go before a session or a committee to be baptized, right? I mean right. the the work <laughs> uh <laughs> The work is finished. Oh, you jest, you jest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Philip and the committee yes, were there, right. <laughs> of course. Uh, not as I said, you know, Reformed heritage, not Presbyterian yeah, sure, heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the work is sufficient. Thus, yeah. Philip can say, well, what's to prevent you from being baptized? Nothing, because the work is finished, you know? And right. it just needs to be received. So those that's sort of immediately where my mind goes. Just yeah, just kind of like the the signature and the notary seal and all the witnesses have have signed and here's the new covenant stamped. Man, it's it's done. Yeah. Here's 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 the covenant. Yeah. Well, and going back to I mean, I think about creation because anytime you talk about the Bible, you have to talk about all of it. And creation is quote unquote finished on the 6th day. And that does not mean things cease. I mean, in some sense, that means that things actually now can get started. Sure. So God rests, quote unquote. God 
sits down at the helm. God yeah. sits down upon the throne. God, you know, whatever what image, the house has been renovated and now you can actually move in and enjoy it, right? I mean, so I think it's a similar sort of finished work on the cross that, that the the six days of creation were finished and now mm-hmm. things can unfold and now the the, um, the the work of Christ in his life and death has has been finished and now the new kingdom is 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 here is present and um, is breaking in in this in this in this way so finished but not over right. in some sense yes. yeah. okay yeah. I th- I think it's also a really good way to stay to state how this is how you would end. A, pr- a prophecy. This is how p- mm. things that w- things that had been prophesied. This is how you would want it to close, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it came it came to pass. And now and and so it's a it's a good finality, right? Yeah. Cool. I think we're up against it a little bit for time, but just uh, by way of a little bit smoother transition, you guys got final thoughts or are <laughs> wow, we are we done? Are you kidding? Time is up. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. It, it flies, man. That's fascinating. Gosh. Yeah. We've been okay. sitting here talking about gruesome <laughs> crucifixions for thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> man, you have to. You may have to get creative with that. Um, well, that's funny though, right? That's that's what this is. Yeah. I mean, we we pull out the the. I mean, we've got a. We're, we're over there at the at the shop right now selling a uh, hollow Maduro infused chocolate bunny. That I know will fly off the shelves. Yeah, I mean it's just. I was very tempted by it when yeah. I was there the other day. <laughs> super cute, super delicious. Yeah. You know, and there's just like there's hundreds of them. Right? This you is I mean? this is over at at Double at Shot, Double one Shop. of our our sponsors of this podcast. <laughs> just kidding, because we don't get any money for this podcast whatsoever. Sponsors in in sort yeah. of pseudo spirit. The the yeah. annex office of the church is what <laughs> right. we call it. It's infused <laughs> in in, to, in every word you speak. I'm sure. But yeah, so there's the bunny. There's there's the tulips uh, sprouting up all over town, and there's, you know, I mean, we can go on and on about, I mean, colored eggs and you name it. Um, uh, those little weird, those little weird colored chickens or what are peeps. peeps peeps oh yeah. yeah my favorite easter candy of all time <laughs> you know just a sugar-coated marshmallow <laughs> yeah. I mean, why do we do that? Why have we? Yeah. Why have we done that? It, it, it's We've, we're we're trying to hide the gruesomeness. Mm-hmm. I, I, you guys probably have talked about this till you're blue in the face, you know, from a theological standpoint. But um, that's that's there's something in the human dynamic that's a little startling that it wants to co- color over all that in the way that we do. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that I'm grateful for our tradition. I mean that we do have a Monday, Thursday service. We do have a good Friday service that we are invited to sit with the discomfort. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it just minimizes who God is when it's all rainbows and, and yeah. butterflies and peeps. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It, well, it, it, that, that God sits with us in, in the time of mourning yeah. and mm-hmm. in, in the time, the, the moment of anguish and yeah. in in the gruesome that that that's what the incarnation in itself is is God yeah. coming down to to the you know be a human like 
I don't know. If I was God, I'd be like, ew, gross. I mean, God doesn't look at us that way. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, that just speaks on, on who on who God is and his yeah. his uh, willingness to, in my view, stoop down. In his view, uh, joyfully join his creation. Right. Yeah. Um, and 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 to walk amongst us and to feel what we feel and experience what we experience and not just experience things that I hopefully will never experience as well but for those that unfortunately do are um he's he's there he's a god who suffers mm-hmm. and he he's yeah. a god who who's who knows pain yeah uh, and he's a god who who knows sadness and 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 knows um all of those things and has experienced them from a a godly perspective, but has experienced them from a human perspective as well. Well put. Well, Mark, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been off and we'll we'll have to have you back. I wasn't sure that I was going to say that before this episode, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah, Anytime, anytime. One to all of our listeners as always. Thanks for, listening thanks for uh, hope that something of what was uh, read or the questions we were all invited to consider or something that was spoken uh, might resonate and ultimately might draw us uh, more uh, more and more to christ to draw us to be more intertwined enmeshed with the vine that's what we uh, that's what we're seeking so uh, blessings to you on this Good Friday. Don't be afraid to sit with the darkness, but do remember that Easter's coming. It's on the horizon. Until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>